that opportunity came, I questioned the drop in your lap thing. Then the Lord planted this seed of greater impact. And that was 2005. And I ended up trying to negotiate something with them where I could do both. And no, (laughs) that didn't work. So I left a job I loved and started this tiny little nonprofit to go do training. And we did a leadership course and we did a course for wives and then we, you know, I, somehow I ended up writing some books that Thomas Nelson and Harper Collins picked up. I don't know, it just happened. It dovetailed nicely into bringing me into a space where I could do what I'm doing now and help more people, I think. Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. Have you ever had trouble communicating? Maybe you know what you want to say, but you don't know how to say it. If you can relate to this just like I can, then you really want to hear what Nina Rosner has to say in this episode of Along the Way. Nina is the founder and executive director of Greater Impact, an organization that offers courses and training to help people reach their full potential for what God has called them to do. She is also the host of the podcast, What to Say and How to Say It. I'll get to our conversation in just a moment, but as always, I want to thank you for listening to Along the Way. I hope that you like what you hear and you subscribe. Please rate and review along the way on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. All of my socials and contact links are in the show notes, and you can check out all of my episodes and join my email list through my website, alongtheway.media. I would love to hear from you. I also have a Patreon page if you want to help me to continue to put out these along the way episodes. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, simply go to patreon.com slash along the way and select a level. The link to become a supporter is in my show notes. And now, here's my along-the-way conversation with Nina Rosner. Well, Nina Rosner, it is great to have you on Along the Way. We've been connected through the Charisma Podcast Network, and you have a podcast on the network called What to Say and How to Say It, which I think is one of my favorite names for a podcast. It is. It says everything right there, because I know so many times in my life, I just don't know what to say or how to say it. So you're covering both of those things, especially dealing with relationships and communication and how we can really relate to the people that God has in our lives. I'm excited to talk to you here. Um, I've listened to some of your podcast episodes. We've been on the same Charisma Podcast Network webinars, and we've been able to hear different things. But it's great to be able to hear your story of how God has brought you from wherever to where you are today and how he's been leading and guiding you. So Nina, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. One of the things I love about what you do, the Along the Way podcast is so cool because it's like all these different people and the tapestry that God's weaving the story through their life. It's it's really neat. So I, I feel really honored that, you know, you think I have a story. <laughs> I mean, I know God definitely I does. Do. I don't think I do. it's anywhere near finished, by the way. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> we'll, <laughs> well see what we not. run into. <laughs> Yeah. I hope it's not finished because gosh, whenever it's finished, I hope Jesus says, you know, well done, thy good and yeah. faithful servant. You know, that's, yep. that's when it's finished mm-hmm. up until this, up until that point, we're just really fellow travelers on a journey. And that's yeah. what I call myself. I'm the host and fellow traveler of along the way. And because yes, I'm the host, but I'm learning from the people that mm-hmm. God has brought into my life. And I'm trying to be intentional about that because it's not just me doing my own thing. No, God has brought people into my life that I can glean from, that I can learn from, that we can do life together for however long God has us on the path together. And we can really do what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And relationships is a big part of that. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about this stuff with you. Nina, could you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of like what you're doing now, and then we'll we'll work backwards from there. Yeah. So I've got this wild, amazing opportunity in my life. I run Greater Impact Ministries. We're a nonprofit coaching, communication coaching and training organization. We work with lay leaders, pastors, um, married couples, individuals, and essentially, you know, kind of like you said about the journey, you know, we walk with people. And provide them with some school skills that they may not have, some tools to do things, you know, but then also help them develop their identity in Christ. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that I think is the purpose in a lot of ways of the journey, at least a big piece of it. You know, who am I? <laughs> 
And um, yeah, so I've got- We're all asking that. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Um, so I've got about 10 people that work with me. Some some are volunteers, some are staff people. And it's just, it's great. We work all over the world, a lot of online stuff, conferences and coaching. So Very cool. So what exactly would you consider a success in what you're doing? Yeah, you know, it's not the world's definition. Right. Essentially, oh, what a great question that is. I think the biggest- evidentiary response of success would be somebody stepping into a space without fear. Hmm. I can look a hundred different ways, whether it's, um, you know, I work with people that are business owners too, that, you know, are going to give a speech or something. They're terrified of public speaking. Like who isn't right. And I spent 15 years with Dale, Dale Carnegie doing public speaking training. So for me, it's super fun for most people. Mm -hmm. The thought that it's fun makes you it's like, what is wrong with you? You know? Yeah. I know public speaking is normally people like it's in the top 10 fears. It's normally <laughs> yeah. like number one or two Yeah, public speaking. Yeah. yeah. Next to death and snakes and stuff. And so taxes. you'd rather be yeah. in the box. Yeah. 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 Put me in the box at the funeral instead of making me give a eulogy. That'd be my choice. Right. For most people. <laughs> um, but, right. but, you know, having somebody step into a space and say, yeah, I'll speak at that youth event and then have the, enthusiasm instead of fear to go do that or a husband to be able to sit down with his wife and say, you know, I love you. And this drinking thing needs to stop. How can I help? You know, it, Mm -hmm. it, it looks different in everybody's situation. Um, but it, I think it success is when we, we step into faith instead of fear, step into faith instead of fear. That is a great definition for success. I like that a lot. You know, what are some ways that you have stepped into faith instead of fear. <laughs> um, yeah. So doing what I'm doing now, maybe we can, maybe we can back up, maybe we can back up a little bit and, and uh, let's, let's set the table for your life story. Yeah. You bit. just go for the big let's, question let's there How right did, away. I know. I know. <laughs> That's awesome though. It, it just kind of set me up and I said, wait a second, we don't know her story yet. Yeah. So let's, let's work our way to that question. It's okay. Of how have you had that faith uh, instead of fear in your life? Mm-hmm. But Let's let's build up to that, yeah. okay? So let's go back into your story mm-hmm. of how you met Jesus, where you grew up. You know, what are some of those key things in your life that, as you're as you're thinking about your life's journey, that stand out to you and, mm-hmm. and to, that have helped bring you to where you are today? Yeah. So I was an atheist, and I grew up in Montana, and I was a a sweet kid bullied by others. I, was, I mean, it's like wandering around with a naive sign on my <laughs> chest, you know, big bullseye, kick me, you know. I didn't didn't know how to interact with other kids my age. And so I got living tar kicked at me, physically beat up um, coming home from school. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. And at age 10, I decided that if God was going to allow stuff like that to happen to a kid, he wasn't real. Wow. So I was just done with that, right? And um, that's a pretty logical thought, though. You think? Yeah. Like that's, that makes sense. Yeah. I've spent two years from, it's weird that I remember this, but I prayed from the time I was eight until I was 10 for this stuff to stop Mm -hmm. in my life. And it didn't. So I just decided, okay, well, that's a waste of time then. I'm not loved Mm -hmm. by God. He's not real. Therefore, I'm done with that. And I suffered through middle school and high school and somehow survived. I did have this incredible relationship with my dad, though. He was in broadcasting. He owned a couple of radio stations in Montana where I was growing up. And so I spent my life working uh, from the time that, you know, I, well, I earliest memories are I'm at the, in the studio, right? Um, wow. Yeah. And he rescued me from the people at school because I'd just go out there after work or after school and hang out with him and he worked, he was a business owner. So he was there till like eight 30 at night. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come home and go to school the next day and do it all over again. But the Lord met me when I was in college. Um, I started dating this guy who, by the way, I married just a spoiler alert there. Um, <laughs> but he dumped me cause, um, he said, you're too irresponsible. And <laughs> he was actually right. Um, cause I was, I was just there to have a good time and, you know, wasn't really mm-hmm. hitting the books, didn't care. It was just, you know, so he's like, I'm not going to date you. But we, long story short, we connected again. Well, he was a Christian. So that then became a problem for him that I wasn't. Right. And I was like, oh, fine. I'll give this Christianity thing a try. And so I tried it. 
And trying it then meant that I was working for Dale Carnegie at the time. And I, I remember saying, okay, God, if you're so cool, if you're all that, if you're real, and I've got this history that you're not, you're going to pop this cassette out of my tape player. This is back in the dark ages when they had those little (laughs) tiny little (laughs) three by five card size cassettes. Right. Yeah. And so, um, it'd been stuck in there for like over a week and I, every time I get in my car, I'd try to pop the thing out and it wouldn't come. And, you know, I'm dating Mm. this dude and he's all, you know, questioning things and asking me questions and challenging me. And I'm like, fine, I'll try this. I'm like, okay, so if you're real, you can get this out of here, right? You part seas and, you know, move mountains, all that stuff, right? Raise the dead. This should be nothing. Um, I wouldn't ask that question, by the way, today in that fashion, like not at all, but this is 30 some years ago, 35 years ago. So, um, yeah, so I pushed the button and it popped out like, and, and an hour before that it didn't, it had been stuck there for a week. I almost wrecked my car. It's like, are you kidding me? And yeah, it was really just kind of a, okay. And then I, I was on a sales call. I was working for Dale Carnegie after I was done with graduate Mm -hmm. school. I moved to where Jim, my now husband lived, the city and I was Iowa. And, um, so I was, I was working for Carnegie and I'm out on the sales call. I get this phone message and it's the biggest sell I ever landed with the company. It was from this dude named Christian. And I just kind of went, what? Okay. Uh Huh? Huh. So I thought, well, I'll I'll do Christianity. So for about three years, I quote unquote did Christianity, you know, I checked the boxes and we were at Bible study one night. And I I said to the people that were there, um, so what's the point of all of this? You know, I'm going to church, I'm serving in the nursery. I'm, you know, reading my Bible. I, I I don't get it. It just, I literally just don't get this. What is the point? And they all look at me like I have three heads and they said, well, it's the relationship with Jesus part. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Because I clearly don't have that. I don't know what that is. And they all just kind of looked at each other. And it was a really awkward moment. Nobody gave me any answers. Somebody asked if somebody wanted some more coffee and everybody moved on. And I remember going home that night going, they don't know. And they do all of this. Like, what's the point of all of this stuff? You know, I said the prayer. Yeah. Been doing this stuff. I don't get it. And so I told him, I told the Lord, I said, you know, so can you help me get it? Because there's people that get it. I've seen them. I, I run into them at church. I don't know them very well, but they seem to be experiencing something I don't have. So what is that? And can you help me get you? And that became a vertical growth curve. It was shortly after that that you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and um the I think it was one of the gospels. I just was overwhelmed with the sense of what he'd done for me. Hmm. And I had this really deep awareness that if I'd have been the only person on the planet, he still would have went through what he went through to be with me, to save me. And I told him hmm. I was just a train wreck, right? I'm crying on my we had these couches that were red fabric. I really liked them. They didn't last long enough to talk <laughs> on it. But yeah, so I'm crying and, I'm, and I just went, you know what? I'll do anything for you. And those verses from Elijah um, where he, um, I think it's in Isaiah actually, where he, he was talking to the Lord and, and he, you know, the angel came down and touched his lips with a coal and, and, and they were like, who shall we send? And I, I just had that all those verses fill up my brain. And I I said, send me, I'll go, I'll do anything for you, anything. And that was life-changing. I started seeing God everywhere. I started experiencing him different. And I'd quote unquote been a Christian, right? For probably a good seven years by that point. But I hadn't mm, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit or Jesus until then, I think. Wow. So you were doing all the right things, doing the religious thing, yeah. but that, that, that moment where you just described Isaiah chapter six mm-hmm. happened to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, my goodness. So you started seeing things different at that point. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Light. So what was the biggest thing that, that stood out to you that was different? Yeah. Uh, visually that morning when I got up and I went outside, everything looked different. It was like there were more colors in the world. Mm. It was the strangest experience 
things had a sharper edge to them, clarity visually. The world was just more beautiful. Very strange. Um, yeah. And and light had color to it. Um, and I've all I grew up in Montana. It's one of the most beautiful places on the planet, right? Um, I'd love to go there someday. Worth the visit. Yeah, we we can. I'll get you the inside scoop because now it's filled with tourists. But okay, there's a way to do it well. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, our little secret. But <laughs> anyway, the yeah, I'll keep it a secret too. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll now your listeners are going to want to know. They'll have to join my mailing list to get. To there get you go. Yeah. There you go. You can give them the inside scoop to visiting Montana Glacier <laughs> National Park. I mean, for yes. real, we'll we'll make that happen. Um, okay, sounds good. But the 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 beauty of living. I mean, I'm I'm in stinking Ohio. And Ohio is beautiful. And I'm like, what's that about? You know? And I just had gratitude and awareness of beauty that I didn't have before. Yeah. It's just different. I, I know what you're talking about when, it, when you're talking about that, that gratitude and just the awareness of beauty. You know, I, I moved from Pittsburgh and I'm down in central Florida in Orlando now. And as we're recording this, it's literally been now just over a year that I've been here. Mm. And there's been several times where I feel like, God's done that to my eyes mm. again, mm-hmm. just to kind of like all of a sudden everything gets more vibrant and more beautiful. And a couple of weeks ago, I actually just was like, you know what? I want to go see a good sunset. So that's my goal for this afternoon. I'm going to go find a place where I can see the sunset and it's just going to be beautiful. Because I just felt like God wanted me to prioritize his beauty. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to Lake Monroe up in Sanford, which is just a couple of miles from my apartment. And I just watched the sunset over the lake and it was just like blown away by who God is and how creative and how beautiful his creation is. And I just felt this closeness to God that, you know, sometimes you just have to take that step of faith. And even though it's like, God wants me to watch a sunset with him. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. You know, but it's like, there was something that God wanted to do that it wouldn't have happened unless I was obedient. Yeah. Isn't that the way it is so often? (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's cool. Totally. So, so what happened with you after that experience, after those colors became more vibrant and you had that, that encounter with the Lord? Yeah. So I was a parent and I, I would call myself a fearful parent because um, I, I didn't know what I was doing and I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I was afraid of messing up these little people, right? And I wasn't afraid after that. I I literally went from being a perfectionistic parent, you know, very concerned about outcome and behavior and, you know, all the legalistic garbage, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those people are well-meaning. I know I was, right? I was doing my best. Sure. I was totally in the wrong mindset, though. But I had mm-hmm. so much grace for my kids, literally, just so much more flexibility and is, oh, cool. You made a mistake. Let's learn something. What, you know, what happened? You know, hmm. just no, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't super angry parent before, but I had like next to none after that. Um, and not that I was unflappable by any stretch. I mean, you raised two boys and a girl and those boys, man. Oh my word. I love men. I gave birth to two of them, but holy heck, they're different than chicks. <laughs> <laughs> they show up that with is very true. wild animals and things and and oh, yeah. blow stuff up and you say, what you know it's just very interesting <laughs> a little different um but the Definitely. the parenting piece changed i was just a lot more laid back i saw my role as more of a coach uh and a, mm. a journey walker if you will like i was walking with mm-hmm. um a little bit ahead of the trail you know just to make sure it was safe but with them. And then there were, there were places in the path where I just walked behind them as they walked down their own, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just a different perspective on parenting. Uh, And I think that was the biggest change immediately. Yeah. So you were working with Dale Carnegie Mm -hmm. and that organization and helping people speak in public and, and all those different things, which I've heard nothing but great things about the Dale Carnegie training. How did that set you up for what you're doing now. And what was the, what's the biggest takeaway that you can carry from that? So Carnegie is an amazing organization. They're the largest, oldest human relations, human development organization in the world. Um, Brilliant people, Christian people. Carnegie was a Christian. 
And I loved it. It was an incredible company to work for. And, and I did management training, leadership training, human relations training, stress management, public speaking, sales, you name it. We were doing it, right? Uh, fun, wonderful place to work. And it was a very simple business model. Um, when I started working for them, though, I was, I loved what I did. And I love the impact that, you know, in 12, 14 weeks, people can show up one way at the beginning and then three months later, they're somebody completely different. And so this method wow. of training was amazing. And there was biblical exposure. I mean, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, his book, talked a lot about Jesus. And, and there, all of the principles are scriptural. They're, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful course. But the, the, the neat thing about it was that you know, that, that training method, the way you interact with people is super, super healthy. And I ached, Mm -hmm. I longed for people that couldn't afford, you know, the thousand dollar back in the dark ages when I started, I think it's like $2,000 ahead now to sit in the seat, to take this wonderful training experience. You know, most people can't afford that. Small business owners have a hard time scraping that up. If you work for a large corporation, absolutely. And I had tons of C-suite people that I worked with, you know, that Mm-hmm. you know, show up at my classes and stuff, or I'd coach independently, um, easy peasy to get them, right? That's nothing, two grand for training, nothing. Right. But from very early on, I was burdened with, wow, wouldn't it be cool if this was available to people that do God's work alone? Like that's their thing. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. Carnegie was trying to promote me. I was the instructor development manager here in Cincinnati over couple of states and people that were mm-hmm. doing the training, developing them, helping them grow in their skills. And we were supposed to promote me and move me to New York at some point. But I had little kids and I was struggling with that. And I didn't want to work full time. I wanted to homeschool my children. I wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just do this for part time. And the Lord was like, yeah, how about we do greater impact instead? And I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And so there was this time where, I mean, I had constantly prayed that God would give me Drop whatever you want me doing for Carnegie in my lap because it's so much fun and it's so rewarding. I just want to say yes to whatever you bring. And so I was working yeah. probably yeah. 10, 15 hours, 20 hours a week, part-time doing the mom thing. And then they wanted to make me full-time, which I didn't want to trade my kids for that. So right. um, when that opportunity came, I questioned the drop in your lap thing. And um, mm. then the Lord planted this seed of greater impact. And that was 2005. And I ended up trying to negotiate something with them where I could do both. And no, <laughs> that didn't work. So um, I left a job I loved and started this tiny little nonprofit to go do training. And we did a leadership course and we did a course for wives. And then we, you know, I somehow I ended up writing some books that Thomas Nelson and Harper Collins picked up. I don't know. It just happened. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it dovetailed nicely into bringing me into a space where I could do what I'm doing now and help more people, I think. Yeah, right. And actually, the first time that we met, although we didn't officially meet, you were a guest virtually uh-huh. on the TV show that I used to produce. And actually, you were the very last guest <laughs> that I had on that program before I moved to Orlando to work with Charisma, but it was called Hope Today. I will definitely put a link so that people can watch that episode in the in the description. And so they can just check that out and you can see Nina with with my old TV host. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. But I actually, you know, you're, you're talking about training and equipping mm-hmm. people. And, you know, I literally was training and equipping the next producer. I gave a four-week notice because I love the vision of what God had me do for those six mm-hmm. years. And I didn't want it to drop at all. And so I gave them four weeks notice. So the first couple of weeks, they were trying to figure out a solution. And then the last two weeks, I was literally training my replacement who's been doing a great job since. Awesome. Uh, his name is Neil. And so Neil actually did the, the stuff that I would normally do with you, but we did get to interact a little bit on mm-hmm. the program there. And so that's kind of a cool thing. So you always do have a special place in my heart, oh. uh, Nina, <laughs> but just knowing that your book that you just mentioned mm-hmm. was the thing that opened up the door for you to be on that television program. Mm-hmm. And so Basically, with you being obedient, God keeps opening up doors for you, uh, just like how me being obedient to start a podcast opened up a door for me to have a different trajectory in Mm -hmm. my career as well. So being obedient is a big deal. And you took that step of obedience to, okay, God's telling you to do this greater impact thing. 
and it's different than what you had been doing, but there's some definite similarities. Uh But what would you describe as greater impact compared to what you were doing before? So the big thing that we're about is connection Mm -hmm. and it's connection with God, with yourself and other people. Most people, when you say connection with God, they go, okay, not sure what that means, but I know that's a thing that's out there. Okay, I want to learn more about that. Yeah. Or you say other people, they're like, yeah, well, I've got all this conflict in my marriage or I can't stand my 13-year-old. So yeah, I know about that. When you talk about with yourself, it's like, what does that even mean? And people don't have this aware, there's an awareness that's lacking where we, we have a relationship with ourselves that literally determines the relationship we have with everybody else. So- mm-hmm. If let's say you ask me to do something for you and I don't have time to do it, but I want you to, I'm a people pleaser or I have some codependent issues in my life and I want you to like me so much that I'll tell you yes about that. I've just Mm -hmm. betrayed myself. So I've damaged the trust that I have with myself. When I say I'm going to do a thing, I know I really shouldn't be doing or couldn't do or don't want to do. And what that then does is it damages the identity that God has given me. And so it's, it's really more effective to say, hey, John, I, I'd love to help you with that. Here's the names of a couple of people that might be able to do that. I wish I could help you, but I can't. It, it's shocking to me how many people struggle with that concept, hmm. but they do. Yeah. And, and so the, the big difference between Carnegie, which is amazing and people get self-confidence, but it's more business related. Sure. The, what, what greater impact is about is it's more about connection related connection with God, ourselves and other people. And and how do we do that in a healthy mm-hmm. way that steps into what God has for us? You know, we step into faith and not fear. Yeah. So what was the biggest thing about overcoming fear for you to take this step of faith? <laughs> well, <sighs> Yeah. I told you we'd get back to this place. It just took Yeah, we're a back while. to that now. Yeah. We're back to here. We're back to Yeah, we're to back here. to that. So my dad owned, you know, a couple of radio stations. So I got to the great privilege of seeing him struggle with a small business. And um, then I was an HR director for five years for a mid-size, you know, six hundred employee manufacturing company. And I always said I'd never own my own business because it, it, there's all this legal garbage, right? I mean, it's just horrible. Right, right. Now I run a nonprofit, which is the worst of all worlds. You have <laughs> no all the rules <laughs> and no money. You know, so you got that uh-huh. piece of it. But the thing that made it, I didn't, I didn't have fear leaving Carnegie and stepping into this. Mm-hmm. I felt called to do it, and I think that's the number mm-hmm. one big takeaway: is that when you have faith, when you when you have a relationship with God, when you're connected to God, you'll do whatever he wants you to do. And you don't even think about it. There's no moment of fear. It's just action. We're just doing a thing together. He's, he and I are walking down this thing. He's like, Hey, Nina, how about that over there? It'd be like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. I don't think about Mm -hmm. it. The spaces where I run into fear are the ones where I forget that he's there. It's no different than Peter getting out Uh, of the boat. You know, he gets out of the boat and he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He looks at the waves and then he's like, "Ah!" you know, (laughs) that's what we do. Yeah. And that's the only time that I'm afraid is when I take my eyes off of what God and I are doing, what He's doing through me, that I get this great privilege of mm-hmm. you know, being part of. And then I think about myself. And what's crazy is that ties into all of this stuff with public speaking, because you're only nervous when you're thinking about yourself. You're only nervous yeah. in a conflict when you're thinking about what you want and thinking about yourself mm-hmm. and being you know, all... So if we just, and it sounds so trite and keep your eyes on Jesus, but you know, that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. So keeping your eyes on Jesus definitely helps you overcome the fear that you have. What advice would you give to somebody that is looking to take a small first step in choosing faith over fear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The most effective thing to do is to be with him in that Mm. I ride horses aggressively. Not that I'm an aggressive person, but we do some dangerous things like wild, it's just wild stuff on trails and jumping logs and sliding down hills and oh, wow. riding when the trails are really muddy. And, you know, a lot of average riders wouldn't go out and do that. And it's not that I'm so cool. It's just so like 
off-road horse riding? Yeah, pretty much. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So no. you, you treat your horse like an ATV. Well, okay, no, no, don't do no. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. Um, yeah. And it's not my horse. I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know you are. Please, please, PETA, don't send any. Yeah, I know. Right. Like letters. Or anything I'm going to get letters. No, that the thing is, yeah. though, is it, it's, it's, courses are these incredible creatures that have all this potential within them speed and, and, um, you know, this, the launching of themselves over things. I mean, you fly on a horse and it's amazing. And there's Mm. so much potential of really experiencing something exhilarating, which can also be terrifying. Right. Mm. So one of the reasons I like to ride like this is because that's a place where I have to, check myself with the Lord and go, okay, I'm, I'm noticing my throat is full of my heart and it's pounding. I think I might be terrified here. Am I, so I'm concerned I'm going to die. Like right now, can, what, um, are we okay? Am I okay here? You know, (laughs) those kind of conversations with God. Um, and, and so when you're looking at, okay, well, I've got this thing I want to go do and it might be something small in quotes, small, right? Cause Mm -hmm. big things happen when you do lots of little small things, right? So the small thing might be putting it out there that, hey, I want to start a business or, hey, I I think you're pretty. You know, I really like you. Or, hey, really, you know, saying thank you to the guy that, you know, or, or whatever, you know, stopping at the, the guy's desk, you know, that you've seen it on campus, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's terrifying for people. You know, we get afraid when we're thinking about ourselves, and so instead mm-hmm. of thinking about ourselves, we need to take those thoughts captive, toss them out, say, you know, Satan, go, fear, go. And then, Lord, mm-hmm. what do you want from me in this spot? You know, what are, what are we doing here? What do you want? What do we, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And he is, you know, he's so good to us. Yeah, you might get bruised up and banged up a little bit, but, you know, that you're still safe. Like we, we just need to redefine what safe means because safe means what? Happy, carefree? No. Safe means I'm in one piece emotionally, mentally, spiritually, maybe physically, but I know who I am. That's safe. I can do anything mm-hmm. when I know who I am. And that identity piece is yeah. where we find safety, but that comes from him. If that makes any sense, that's a yeah. lot of- Oh, Yeah. I think there's some good action steps in what you've said. And let me see if I can pull out some of those. Yeah. Looking for opportunities to, in a safe place, see, recognize where you feel fear mm-hmm. and ask God to come into that. Like you were talking about, you know, when the horse is jumping, you could, you're like, okay, so there's a legitimate thing here that's happening where this could be dangerous, but God, where are you in this? Yes. And asking those situations. That's just the example that you gave. Not everybody can go uh-huh. out and ride a horse, but there's things in life where you feel terrified. But rather than yeah. letting that fear take over, you invite Jesus to come in and speak to that situation mm-hmm. and give you his perspective on that. Is that, a, is that a good summation of what you've just said? Yeah. And John, if I could back the train up even a little bit further from that, it's to yeah. do something scary. You know, mm, Okay, we, we think we, I mean, we're so caught up in looking good and stupid social media makes that even worse these days. You know, the reality is, is life yeah. is lived through tons of mistakes. Businesses fail mm. until they don't, and then they're successful, right? The most most companies fail. A lot of marriages fail. But the way you don't fail is by staying in the game, by continuing to try, go, mm. following Christ. The only difference between a successful business and one that fails is, did you quit? Because most of them give up at two years and at seven years when things are hardest. Same thing with marriages. You give up when it's hardest. No, you don't give up. Let's learn something here. Let's mm-hmm. do it scared. Let's do it and pull, you know, keep grabbing onto Jesus and just do the next thing. But you got to go do the stuff and expect yeah. this is going to be hard. Don't waste a day. Don't waste this afternoon, this evening, this morning, whatever. Don't let a single day go by that isn't something outside your comfort zone. Because otherwise, we're not living. There's no point to that. Amen. That is good. Do something scary. That is a good takeaway. And then that'll force you into that situation where you then have to ask Jesus into that situation yeah. and ask for his perspective. That's good. So it's, it's kind of, you're not just waiting for that situation to happen. Right. You're 
planning that skydiving trip or you know, everybody, I think everybody talks about something yeah. like that, or at least thinks about it. And sometimes the thought of it is scary enough to pull people away from that. So maybe that, maybe just planning something would give you that, that little bit of fear mm-hmm. that you can invite Jesus in there and see what he says about it. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. That's very practical. And I appreciate that because I, I want things to be practical because it's great to think about things and have thought exercises, but if I can't apply it to my life, what difference does it make? You just help bring it down yeah. to that level. And I appreciate that greatly. You know, I want to talk a little bit about your podcast now, which is what to say and how to say it on the Charisma Podcast Network. And it's such a great name for a podcast, but it, it's more than that. I want to hear why did you start it? What are you accomplishing and what are you seeing as a result? Thank you for that. It's crazy. The whole purpose of the podcast is to help people do scary things like conflict, right? Most people are conflict avoidant. Most people do it badly. Most people have moments of fear in the middle of conflict. And I'm like, no, this is an opportunity for an Mm -hmm. intimate connection between you and this other person and even God. Hello. But it Mm -hmm. really conflict. Everybody's all freaked out about it. And honestly, I don't enjoy it, but I look at it like it's opportunity. Cool. Let's learn something. Right. How can I grow myself? Yeah, oh, I don't want to go do that thing. There's some fear thing there, right? What's resistant? You know, yeah. how do I grow as a human? And then the, how do I help somebody else grow? So, that, you know, I talked to some people. We, 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 we talked to some authors. We talked to people on our staff. We've got a therapist to talk to. We talk about tough communication stuff. How do you navigate mm-hmm. sticky communication things? Yeah, that's, that's all good and very needed. <laughs> yeah. Very, very needed. How did you decide that you wanted to capture those conversations and put them out there for the world? Um, well, it's funny. I, I've been praying about podcasting for about three or four years. I love broadcast mm-hmm. media. Uh, I love doing radio shows. Yeah, you grew up with it, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm jealous of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is worth yeah, having. It is great. And, and some of the best times I've had, you know, I've been on Focus on the Family a number of times and family life. Mm-hmm. And I just love radio, but I don't get to do it every single day. Podcasting is a way to do mm-hmm. that. But I didn't know enough about it. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Usually when God's calling me into a space, He'll give me some sort of something to go make a thing happen. And I didn't have the desire to go learn about it. I just was praying about it. You know, am I supposed to do this? Do you want, I'm kind of busy. You know, <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of people um, in December of 2020 say, hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I'm like, well, yeah. Well, how come you're not doing it? Because I just, I don't know. I'm just not. And then one of the charisma people called me and said they found our, mm-hmm. um, one of the first books I wrote, which was The Respect Air. And they, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we think, you know, that might be a good fit. What do you think? And I'm like, well, if you're going to do the heavy lifting and how do you do this thing? Sure. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. so we did. Yeah. That's what pulled us in. And by the heavy lifting, you mean getting it out there, you know, which is the, yeah. which is the benefit I think for the Charisma Podcast Network. And that, that's helped my podcast grow substantially mm. where before I started, I had about 7,000 downloads in the first year of my podcast. Mm. And I had reached 40 different countries, which as a missionary for eight years that I was a missionary to 15 different countries, wow. I was like blown away. Like, man, I'm, my voice is now reaching 40 wow. different countries. That's amazing. When I joined Charisma and God gave me the opportunity to do that, within a year, I had now 70,000 and now I'm over 135,000 downloads and people all around the world have heard it. 206 countries now wow. uh, by, by just Charisma is able to help share and reach that, that Christian audience, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I went through a season where I was kind of just frustrated with the things that I was doing. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm making an impact, Mm. which is kind of a strange thing. But when you're in your room sometimes and you're like, I don't, I feel like I'm just recording into a microphone. I don't know if anybody's hearing this. And God showed me that, uh, or he said to me, John, you're, you were missionary to 15 different countries and your feet have been to 15 different countries, but your voice has been now to 206. Wow. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to continue to do what you call me to do mm-hmm. and through this podcast. And so, um, yeah, but I'm so glad that you're on the, you're on the network with me and we get to help encourage each other and lift each other up and kind of share audiences as best we can and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. This is, this is great. 
what has been something that's been interesting for you to do with podcasting? Like what's, what's been a, a nice surprise? I got to interview John Lynch. I don't know if you've read anything of his. He calls himself a B-grade author. Like, <laughs> cracks me up. He was a mega church pastor. He's now full-time author. Mm-hmm. He's got a number of books, and he's with True Face Ministries. One of the books that he wrote um, with a team of people from True Face is called On My Worst Day. And it's a devotional that's, oh, gosh, it's such a powerful thing. There, and then he's got another one called The Cure. But essentially, it's it's a very laid-back, honest relationship perspective about who the Lord is and how simple mm. faith in Jesus really is and in how simple it is to connect with Him. And mm. And you can tell by just all the thoughts that people have, and you and I both, right? that get in the way of our relationship with Christ. Um, but meeting with him, I, I thought I'd do this, you know, 20 minutes. I, I asked him for 20 minutes of his time, and I'd seen, seen him speak at a conference. And he's like, oh, uh-huh. yeah, sure. We talked for like an hour and a half, right? And mm. it was the most, I looked up, as like, oh, my word, I'm so sorry. I've taken so much of your time. He's like, no, this is great. And he really meant that. And, and you mm-hmm. probably know from doing this, you've probably met some of the most amazing people in the world doing what you do oh, for a living. Awesome people, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that I think is the best part of podcasting is to bring what God has put inside someone else to people in a way that I wouldn't be able to say or you know what I mean like the connect. Right, right. You know, Lena, um it's, it's interesting how you how you said that. It kind of it's pretty closely aligned to my view of of how I look at these interviews and these conversations. You know, I Outside of podcasting, I try to have the same view as well, mm-hmm. where I believe that God has deposited gems inside of everybody. And it's us, it's up to us through conversation and through asking good questions, Holy Spirit led questions, to mine out that gold, to mine out those mm-hmm. gems, and to help display them in a way that other people can can reap the benefits of that and see the beauty in that. And so just by asking questions and having those conversations and allowing that moment of silence to kind of linger just a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. which which then spurs on uh, something that we weren't originally planning on saying. I I love that aspect of conversations and being able to record it and share it with people is Mm -hmm. wonderful. And it's, it's it's such an honor that God's called us to be able to do something like that. So, uh, but I do struggle with words sometimes Mm -hmm. and I really do want to know what to say and how to say it. What, what is some advice that you can give me it just in general situations of like, I want to say something, but I don't know how to say it in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. So if I could add something to that first. Go for it. Go for it. You're, yeah. You do something that is, and, and I think everybody could learn from you and what you've demonstrated in this interview, and I, and I listen to a few of your podcasts, you do this all the time. You have a genuine curiosity about people and your heart is in exactly the right place. That's where we need to be with other people. Thank you. Um, when we are genuinely curious about them, we're going to ask questions. We're going to be interested in them. And then that might hit on something within us that we can share as well. And then there's dialogue that ensues from that. So a lot of people don't know how to have conversation at all, right? Like, how do you do, mm-hmm. do what you're doing? Like you're asking questions mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's really it. But, but that comes from a heart of really being interested in the first place. Yeah. You know, you've chosen to be curious and that comes across as genuine. Um, either, either you're faking it well or, <laughs> or, you know, you got the Holy Spirit moving in you, which I think is the latter. Yeah. I don't have enough energy to be fake. That's, that's just not good. I, I know. Up, right. So. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Um, but to your question, you know, what are some things, you know, I think one of the most common things that people could do differently is not need to solve the problem right then. We tend to be emotionally mm. motivated so because I yeah. feel bad in this moment, I want to feel better. I'm going to make this your problem. And you're going to tell me something that's going to make me feel better. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. Our emotions are cues for something happening within us. And so stop. Mm. Don't say anything. You're going to damage something, <laughs> maybe even a person. 
and, and, you know, insert a little bit of space there. Like, Hey, I love you. And I want to talk about this. There's something going on in me right now. I want to, I'm going to go explore that for about 20 minutes and I'll be back. Mm. And that sounds like, Oh, just Mm. this one sentence, but it's a, Hey, I love you. I'm going to affirm our status of relationship. I want to explore this. I'm not abandoning you forever. I, I want to talk about this thing. So I'm not stonewalling you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take about 20 mm-hmm. minutes. I'm going to set a time for how long I'm going to take to do this. And then I'm going to come back to it, which most people have a fear of rejection or abandonment. And so we're mm-hmm. affirming and reassuring people that we're going to come back to this thing. And then when we come back to, and wow. well, so, and then that space, like, what do we do? We go, okay, God, like, why did that thing he said upset me so much? Like, what is that in me? And this is the thing that people don't get. And nobody likes it when I say this, but this is, I mean, Matt, communication stuff for a long time, three plus decades. It's not my first rodeo. Here's the truth nobody wants to know. <laughs> when you feel emotional, when you're angry, when you're upset, when you've been hurt, yeah, that mm-hmm. person may have done a thing, but the reason you're having a reaction is within you. Mm-hmm. Ouch. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. And so what does that mean? It means I've got a thing within me that needs to be dealt with. That is separate mm-hmm. from the fact that you just ran over my cat. Okay. So yeah, you killed my cat and we're going to deal with that later. And yeah, okay. It'd be normal to be upset about that. I'm going to miss my cat. But the reason I'm this upset and I'm about to erupt volatility wise, emotionally garbage all over you. Mm. That's, that's within me. So Lord, what's that about? You know, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then working through Mm. that and then coming back to the conversation. And this is the piece that people miss too. It's just saying, Hey, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about X, Y, Z is now a good time to bring that up again, because you don't know what happened and the odds. (laughs) Yeah. The odds of them being in a good place and you being in a good place at the same time are like less than 10%. Gottman out of University of Washington has the research. It's not even 25%. You'd think it'd be a quadrant, right? It's not. It's less than that. So you got to have a good time because they may have just Mm -hmm. got themselves all good and spun up over where you're leaving the conversation, even if you did it right. Mm -hmm. So asking permission to have the conversation, setting a good time so both of you show up at your best, then facilitates better outcomes. Wow. Wow. You know, Nina, I, I do want to get to your along the way moment. Like I'm going to ask that, that question, that core question that every podcast episode has, but I don't want to go away from what we're talking about right here. Cause I think this is so key. And there's a few things that I've been thinking about as mm-hmm. you've been talking, as you said, it's okay to take a step back, basically take a step back from the situation and you listed all these amazing steps in that phrase mm-hmm. to be able to communicate to people that you have value. I'm not yeah. ready to, uh, I'm not ready to respond yet. And then let me process it and then come back. But just taking that step to say that is a little bit fearful for people that are internal processors and introverts, mm-hmm. you know, in a world, especially in like business and, and things like that, you know, we're in, in church really a lot too. It's dominated by extroverts, dominated by people that are quick on their feet, thinking and speaking. And then somebody that is, you know, I need to process, I need to think about it. Like we just feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and we just feel like we're shut down and we don't have a voice in some of those things. But I love how you just addressed this and you said, it's okay to basically say, give me, can you give me a few minutes to to figure this out? Mm -hmm. But you took it a step further and say, when you come back, ask if this is a good time. Just because you're ready doesn't mean that they're ready. Get on the same page. That is so valuable. If you've been listening to this episode, that might be your big takeaway. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's, that is one of the many, many gems that Nina has, has offered to the, to our listeners here. My goodness. That is so, so good. And it, there's um back when I was in, in Youth with a Mission, somebody taught us this acronym of HALT, H-A-L-T. Um, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make any major life decisions. Right. And also, if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, it's probably a good time to back away because you're probably going to say something you're going to regret. And then you're going to do the opposite of what to say and how to say it. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So... 
My goodness. That's so good, Nina. That is so good. And I, I'm going to have to listen to that portion probably a couple different times just to get all the good things that you've just shared. Um, I really hope that everybody <laughs> grabs a hold of that. So <laughs> that is, that's going to help a lot of interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. issues for everybody if you, if you really do apply that. Uh, so thank you for bringing that out. Oh, my goodness. You're welcome. Wow. That's, that's awesome. You know, as an extrovert, yeah. I know personally that I don't like it when people do that to me because I want to, I'm like, oh, I want to solve this now. I'm all right. But yeah, if yeah. we don't yeah. do that, if we don't give that space, then it, it it doesn't solve, it doesn't accomplish what we want to accomplish. We have to meet people right. where they're at, just like Jesus did. And that's a part of Amen. that. And yeah, everybody's got their different abilities in those moments and capabilities. And we have to love and respect each other well enough to be able to do that with folks. I've got, I, I do couples coaching, which is, oh my goodness, its own special nightmare sometimes. Uh-huh. I do it differently than everybody that I know that does it. Like I work with them individually. I don't let them be together until certain things have mm-hmm. shown up. Sure. Right. Right. And because I'm not going to let them damage the relationship further. And this is one of those things is, can you put a stop in a conversation so that you can actually do something productive with it later, right? Mm-hmm. And if they can't, yeah. then, you know, then we'll work through that differently. But that's, that's fruit of the spirit. That's self-control. Mm-hmm. And it's loving to yeah. be able to do that for somebody else. But when you see people that want to connect and they just can't, it's, you got to have that healthy relationship with yourself to know that you're upset. And then know that you need a boundary for yourself to respect yourself and the other person and the relationship and be a good ambassador for the Mm -hmm. Lord by not behaving badly like you're four in this space, you know? Right. So we all need to, myself included, need to grow up in there. (laughs) Not always perfect, right? We all need to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. We we definitely all need to grow up and... That is a good lead into ask to me asking the my along the way question. You know, Nina, so far in this conversation, you've talked about how you grew up, you were picked on, and because of that, you became an atheist. Then by just finally saying, I'm gonna give us another try, you came to the Lord. Um, and you had that experience where it was like Isaiah six type of a thing where you said, Here I am, God send me, and saw colors in ways that you you had a real ex- experience with the Lord and God's led you to, to work with an amazing organization to help people with their communication. And now you're, you know, counseling and, and doing everything with, with greater impact. And you've got this podcast, you know, as you look back at your life and there's so much more, um, you know, you're a wife and a mother too. <laughs> I don't want to forget that. But as you look back at your life, where do you now see Jesus walking with you that you didn't see in the moment, but now you can see it and you know what? He was right there and I just wasn't aware. Huh. Just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, how they were walking with Jesus for that seven miles or whatever it was. And they had absolutely no clue that it was him. Mm-hmm. You know, I pretty much every day during, during my lunch break, I like, to take, uh, I like to take a walk. And I normally go for about two, two and a half, three miles sometimes. My pace is normally around 18 minutes on paved roads. You know, mm-hmm. these guys are in sandals on maybe unpaved roads, whatever it is. So let's say it's, it's definitely a couple hours that they're walking with Jesus and, have, and are totally oblivious until they sit down at the table. Jesus blesses the food, breaks the bread, their eyes are opened, and then poof, he's gone. And I love that in Luke 24, 32, they turn to each other and say, weren't our hearts burning within us along the way as he was revealing the scriptures to us? Basically, we should have realized this was Jesus. He was right there. We just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Our hearts were burning. Mm. You know, Nina, where do you look back and you see your heart burning along the way that you didn't realize in the home? Man, so I've got this friend. I serve with her. She's on our leadership committee. Um, she just drips Jesus. Um, mm. Her name's Bonnie. And I don't think she'd mind I'm ratting her out here, but it doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. Uh, she's seen me at my absolute best and my absolute worst and loved me regardless in the middle of it. I've not seen her ever get angry at me. I've seen her righteously angry for me. 
with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could come to her at, well, I have, at, you know, well, actually, wait. So I was going to say, I could come to her at two in the morning and say, hey, will you help me hide the body? And then I, and then I started to uh, say, well, I have done that. I have come to her at late late at night, but I haven't had any bodies. <laughs> body. Yeah, there's nothing like that. But she's one of these, these friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got to clarify uh-huh. that. Um, she's one yeah. of these friends that, you know, no matter how you are, no matter how you're showing up, she is full on for you. And she'll, I mean, I've had a few moments, you know, being in leadership and stressed and not my best. And she'd listen to the ravings of what I would later describe as a lunatic and love me right there through it. And then she'll, she'll just be with me in it and then ask me a question, you know, like that, that validates. So you're feeling, you know, this is whatever it is. Right. And, and I'd be like, yeah, that's it. And then suddenly I become rational. <laughs> because she, you know she listened and she's with me in that and right the relationship just drips mutual respect and admiration and love mm. you know and she doesn't she has she's wise she's older than i am um she's like an older sister that uh just i mean she's she's jesus with skin on in my life in a lot of ways i have a lot mm. of people like this by the way that i work with um She's the one that's seen me at my ugliest, though, most consistently, which mm. thankfully hasn't been a ton, mm. but enough to go, wow, that's that's valuable, you know? And I don't take advantage mm. of that either. It'd be easy to, you know, crawl into your hole and your weakness and stay in a space or whatever, but she has this way of of meeting me and then helping me get up and walk out of the mess, encouraged. Mm. Um, so along the way, where's Jesus? Well, for the last 10 years in ministry leadership, it's been her. She's with me. Hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. So, she's, so she is a, a representation of Jesus with mm-hmm. you. Jesus with skin on there. Yeah. That's great. She loves That's great. well. That's good. We all need friends in our lives that, that, that love well, that can speak to us, that can affirm mm-hmm. what's going on, yeah. that can speak the truth, mm-hmm. whether it's the truth that we want to hear or the truth that we don't want to hear. Yeah but the truth that we need to hear most importantly. Mm-hmm. My follow-up question to that, Nina, is, you know, with your life experience and what you know now, if you could go back in time and visit a younger version of yourself somewhere on your timeline, what advice would you give yourself and what's going on in your life at that time that you would want to receive that advice? Mm-hmm. So it was, I, th- I think I would have, told myself to go to a different church. We got into um, a church that was, and and I'm, I'm not dissing the people that were there. I'm sure they have mm-hmm. hearts for him. I know I was in the same place, right? Hearts for him, but it was so behavior-based, right? You got to look a certain mm-hmm. way, be a certain way, do things. And I would have gone back and like John Lynch says, he loves you on your worst day in the middle of your worst moment, no matter what you're thinking no matter what you're doing, saying he loves you right then in the middle of that. And I think I would have told myself, you don't have to pretend to be all these things. He already loves you. Stop trying to prove yourself to God. He knows you better than you know wow. you. Just receive. And and it's been the reception of his love, not in a I'm all that kind of way. It's It's the intimate moments like you probably have on your walks with him, right? You know, the reception that has given me the confidence to be able to withstand all sorts of crazy stuff that happens um, and be okay with whatever's going on. No matter what's going on, I'm okay. Mm. Because I know the identity piece is solid because of the reception of his love. Yeah. Yeah. So I told myself to stop trying so hard and just be with him. Do you think you would have listened to yourself? Probably not. No. Um, That's the sad part, you know, unless I'd have known it was me, like maybe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where I love asking that question because it, it's very introspective and retrospective where we're looking back at ourselves and it's like, man, I wish I would have been able to, to know that at this point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I would have known that now, would I be who I am today? Probably not. Right. And yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So, I mean, what we've gone through and the different things we've overcome, that's really part of what, of of what makes us who we are today. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, just knowing that Jesus was walking with us through those hard times, like he's never going to leave us or forsake us is, is just an incredible encouragement, mm-hmm. even at our worst days, yeah. just to know that he really, really is there. Thank you for sharing, for sharing that, Nina. Before we wrap up here, I want to give you an opportunity to just pray for the listeners that maybe they've been impacted by something that you've said. Um, maybe they need help talking to other people. Whatever it is, I just, I just trust the Holy Spirit to lead you as you're praying and uh, praying a blessing for the listeners here. Okay. Thank you, John, for the opportunity. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. We love you. And I can't even wrap my brain around that whole love thing because you are love and you're in us. And so, like, does that mean that you're loving you right through us? Like, I don't even know what that means, but it is this incredible connecting experience of you in us with you just to notice the love. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for every one of John's listeners that they would receive you, that they would accept you, they would believe you. You say so many wonderful things about who we are and how important we are to you. And we're so afraid of embracing that because we're afraid of being selfish. And, and you know, that's no joke. I mean, we're, we're good at that too, but we can't really get your love for other people until we understand your love for us. And I don't pretend to fully understand that, God, but I know I get it more than I did three decades ago, two decades, last year, two seconds ago even. I mean, there's always so much more of you. Thank you for that. Father, I also pray against regret for our audience's um, lives, their families, their relationships, their you know, the, any regret that they might have of, oh, I wish I would have known that then. God, you are so powerful. You, if you wanted me to know a thing, if you want anybody to know a thing, it's going to be right there in front of them. You will pull those blinders off and you will reveal yourself. And I'm a hundred percent sure that if you would wanted us to know what we think we should have known <laughs> back then, then you would have made that happen. Lord, I'm also sure everybody's doing their best. I know I did. I am. I know I still don't get it right. And I know you love me regardless. So, Lord, I pray that your listeners would be open, that their eyes would be open to seeing you and receiving you and your wild, great, passionate love for them just as they are. And that we're drawn to you and drawn to be more like you and your son and to be filled with your Holy Spirit, to know the next right thing and to step into obedience to step into faith instead of fear because of your love, that that is what motivates us. And so I pray, God, that John's listeners and anybody else that hears this podcast would be touched by that, that the God of the universe wants a personal, intimate relationship with you, that he created you, that he loves you, just as you are, no matter what that looks like in that moment. Just like a mom or a dad loves a crying baby when their arms are f- and legs are flailing about, kicking, and they're crying because they're hungry, there is no absence of love in that moment. We're loved, period. So God, I pray that um, you would use anything here today to help people grow in their desire to be more like your son, He and you and your Holy Spirit always know what to say and how to say it. And that is really our goal is just to connect people to you because you are the answer in every moment. Uh, It's not because we've got the perfect catchphrases and yeah, there's stuff that works somewhat most of the time, but really it's your spirit moving in people. And when we listen to that and when we act on that, we don't have to worry about the outcomes because we know that you're in charge and you're going to use whatever comes from it. So we praise you, Lord. We worship you. Worship you in spirit. We worship you in truth. We worship you in the name and identity of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen and amen. 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 What a blessing. 
Thank you, Nina, so much. This has been a true blessing for me to be able to have this conversation with you. I just want to encourage everybody to check out her podcast, What to Say and How to Say It. You can get that wherever you're listening to podcasts and definitely at cpnshows.com. You can find it there. Her website is greaterimpact.org. And Nina, is there anything that I'm missing that you want to be able to uh, share with the listeners before we, before we wrap up? I just want to encourage you personally. Um, you do a really good job modeling what we should be doing out there with others is getting to know the testimony, the story that people have, because it's his story, you know, then and you're, you're just a beautiful representation of the curiosity we should have for what he's doing in other people's lives. And I feel really blessed to have been on the receiving end of that today. So thank you so much and keep being awesome. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> thank you, Nina. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to join you along your way. Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That helps more people discover Along the Way. And subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey. And may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is honored to be part of the Charisma Podcast Network. You can find tons of spirit-filled content from the vast catalog of podcasts, including the Monday through Friday news stories for the Charisma News Podcast. Go to cpnshows.com to see the full list and latest episodes.